You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about uh, strength training in practice. We're going to talk about strength training in the off-season versus the on se- versus in-season. Um, you know, a lot of coaches have always asked me, how do you balance strength training with practice and not overdoing it? And what do you focus on in terms of volleyball players and, you know, all these things? And I'll tell you, in my... You know, at the time of recording this, I've been doing this for about 17 years, and uh, there has been I've been up and down with different strategies and ways to approach this. So I'm going to share with you some of the things that I found that it, that have been successful in our gym, as well as um, other gyms or other gyms around the world. So this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 189 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week of volleyball in the books. So happy to jump on the pod with you all today. Uh, And welcome. So my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And for my regular listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode where the goal just like every other episode is to give you a tangible step-by-step strategies that you can apply in your gym and see results. That's what we're all about. We're about seeing results. And um, before we get started, I, I do want to, you know, I I, I, um, I always in, encourage you to give me feedback and reach out. And one of the ways you can do this is by reviewing the podcast. So if you've been a listener and you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, please, um, I, I ask that you you review it, you know, it helps with the podcast, it helps grow the podcast, it helps give me feedback as well, um, and if you think it's five stars and you haven't rated the podcast, please, I would really appreciate it um, if you do, and I love reading the review, so I just want to read one, this is from uh, Casey51500 uh, out in Canada, and the uh, this one said, exactly what I needed, so five stars. I wish I had found this podcast sooner. So much helpful content to catch up on. As a longtime player, new coach, shifting my perspective to coach is more difficult than I thought. Coach B had some great advice for all levels and has helped me build relationships with my players. Well, uh, Casey51500, thank you so much for that review. I really appreciate it. And it was, uh, it, was, it was nice to read. And you know what? Anytime I get reviews, I love to read them on the podcast. Sometimes I forget to check, but... I, I love reading them and I would love to read them out on the podcast and, and give you a shout out because you know you took the time to do that for me. So thank you. Really, really appreciate that. So um, let's talk about today's episode. We're, we're talking about balancing you know strength training with practice. And this is a conversation that I have with coaches all the time from all different levels. You know, coaches have so many questions about you know, when do I practice train or when do I strength train? Uh, do I do it before practice? Do I do it after practice? Well, I don't have uh, access to a weight room with my team. You know, how do I approach it in that sense? Uh, you know, I only have limited time in, in practice. I don't want to spend too much time doing strength training. Like, like what's the solution? Well, I'm going to give you guys a bunch of different solutions because there is no one solution fits all. You know, I think the, 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 the like the core reasoning or the, or like what you absolutely should be doing is 
have a strength training program in place. Now, what that looks like is going to differ based on the coach and resources. But no matter what situation you're in, you can absolutely have a strength training program in place. Okay. If so, if you're a volleyball team right now, and your team does not strength train. It doesn't matter if you're a 14U team or a college level team. If you don't strength train, you're leaving a lot on the table. And I'll tell you why. Like, really, quite frankly, the, the most important part of strength training, or the reason why strength training is so important, is it prevents injuries. It prevents ankle rolls. It prevents any kind of hip injury, back injuries. Um, what other injuries? Groin injuries. Uh, there's a, there's, a, and there's a bunch of other ones that, that happen in volleyball, but it prevents these injuries because by strength training, your body's a lot stronger. It can withstand a lot more uh, force and pressure and things like that. So that's one. And then two, it kind of ties into that. The strength training, you're going to get, you're going to be a, be faster. You're going to jump higher. You're going to hit the ball harder. Um, you're going to be quicker on, on your feet, you know, on the court and things like that. So you want to make sure that you, you have some kind of strength training program in your training. Now, let's talk about some things about strength training and then we'll talk about what that looks like. So for volleyball, you know, one of the, the most important aspects when it comes to strength training is training the, the posterior chain. Now, the posterior chain is, how do I describe that? It, it Basically, it's the muscle groups located on the back side of your body from your upper back all the way down to your calf muscles. And this includes uh, hamstrings, your gluteus maximus, your, um, again, your upper back, like that whole area. And the reason that the posterior chain is so important is because these muscle groups contain much of your body's power, um, and working to propel that body while helping to keep it, to keep you balanced and stable. Okay. So the posterior chain, actually, it has about half the body's muscle mass. So strengthening these muscle groups is super important for agility, um, better lower back strength, stabilizing your spine and hips and knees. And when you have a weak posterior chain, you know, athletes are more likely to encounter injuries uh, from, you know, doing all these intense movements. Like in volleyball, it's, it's explosive movements. You know, you're jumping, you're max jumping to hit a ball and coming down. So you want to make sure that you develop the posterior chain, okay? Uh, and there's a lot of different ways that we can do this, you know, pull-ups, deadlifts, uh, you know, incline row, dumbbell rows, you know, vertical jump stuff. Like There's so many ways, and we're going to talk about that in a sec. Okay, so now that you know what the posterior chain is, you know the importance of it, and if you've never thought about the posterior chain or ever heard about this concept before, now you know why it's important. This is where you can take a note of this and go back and look at this to see how you can implement this with, with your program. So let's 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 talk about some of the things that you could you could do, okay? So vertical jump. Vertical jump is goes without saying. That is something that every single uh, volleyball program should be doing. And I, I have some episodes on vertical jump training on the podcast. So definitely uh, watch that. I'm, I'm actually gonna look it up right now as I speak. But vertical jump training, our, our sport is jumping. That's literally our sport. So you wanna make sure that you're staying tuned to that. Um, and it was on, it's called increase your vertical jump today. That was one of them. And the other one was key strategies to strength and vertical jump. And that was when I had, uh, coach Reed Hall on here. So those are two of them. So just, inc just look up vertical jump uh, on the pod and you'll be able to find those two episodes. They're, they're really good ones. 
So vertical jump trade. And by the way, if you're a DVA member, you have access to my vertical jump program. Many of you know I was a vertical I was a vertical jump trainer for years before I became a volleyball coach, and I actually developed a program that has seen thousands, I'm not kidding, probably closer to 10,000 athletes go through it and have increased their vertical jump. So this is something that my, my DVA members have access to. And if you're not a DVA member and you would like you would like access to this, uh, go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and uh, sign, sign up there. Um, and you could also purchase this online as well at uh, coachbeetraining.com. It's $97 for the vertical jump program. So there's lots of different avenues towards my program. But the point is you got to have one. Okay, so vertical jump program is important. And when we talk about vertical jump, we're talking about three specific areas. Strength training, which is what we're talking about now. Plyometrics, so plyometrics is vertical jump exercises. Things like box jumps, depth jumps. These are things that we talk about with plyometrics. And then technique. And then technique talks about how we use our body efficiently to jump higher. And this is exactly what my, my program is based on these three pillars, technique, plyometrics, and strength training. So uh, that's something that you need to implement in your program. You also need to work on uh, shoulder and core strength, tricep strength. Okay, these are areas in addition you know, to the posterior chain that we have to make sure we're, we're dialing it on. So let's talk about how we can start doing stuff like this. Well, Let's talk, let's talk to club players first because club players normally don't have access to a weight room. And if you do, you're, that's fantastic. But if you're a team, if you're a volleyball team and you don't have access to a weight room, okay, all you need to do is have each athlete purchase a medicine ball, okay? Eight pounds, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, something like that, a medicine ball. And they're responsible for bringing that medicine ball to practice, okay? And this is what I, so when I, like, I mean, we're talking, I don't know how, how, how I've been married for what, seven years now? We're talking maybe like eight years ago. So eight years ago when I coached club, or even longer than that, maybe 10 years ago when I coached club. When I coached club, uh, now, I'm, now I want to do the math on that. So I coached club, uh, wow, I've been married for, this is going to be my eighth year. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that. So I coached club from 2012 to 2016 was my last run with the team. And what we did, and we, by the way, okay, by the way, our team, and I'm not saying that, I'm not being biased here. Our team had the highest vertical jump in the province because we spent so much time on vertical jump training and technique and things like that. And all we did was from 15U all the way to 18U. By 18U, they were in the gym, don't get me wrong. But by from 15 all the way to 17U, they had a medicine ball. They brought it to practice. And for the for 20 minutes, 20 minutes of each practice, we did vertical jump training as well as some upper body stuff that we had to get done. So they had a medicine ball. And they did everything with the medicine ball at the beginning of practice. The first 20 minutes, they would do their squats. And I taught them how to squat properly with the medicine ball and squat for vertical jump purposes. So loading in your hips. That's where we want to really engage the hips when we're squatting. You know, we talked We talked about, uh, they did like little deadlifts with the medicine ball. They did uh, squat jumps with the medicine ball. They did Then they did their plyometric stuff, like their seated box jumps. Um, and it was just very, very simple things. And they did it 20 minutes, but they, we continue to really build that strength from a young age and teach them the technique of vertical jump training and stuff like that. And they were jumping out the gym. It was incredible. And we did that for the first 20 minutes of practice. So 
And I I, I want to say this was a big part of why we didn't have a ton of injuries on our team for four years straight. We had the odd injury here and there, but it was we we were pretty good for the most part in injury prevention. So something to think about. Okay, so 20 minutes before every practice, medicine ball. That's all I need. Now, if you do have access to a weight room, I would encourage you to spend at least twice a week. Okay, now I'm still talking club here, okay? If you have access to a weight room as a club team, I would be using that that weight room at least a minimum of twice a week. Well, depending on how much you have, how long you have it for. Uh, at least twice a week as a club player. And I'm factoring in the fact that they may be on, they may be doing things in high school as well. But the thing, the truth is you have to be strength training. And in any program, whether it's club, high school, or college, minimum three times a week. Minimum, okay? Maybe four, depending on, you know, what program you're in. But we're going, we're going two, I, I say three times a week is a minimum. And when I was coaching club, it, we did it before, we did three, three practices a week, and we did it every week for the entire duration of their time with me. And if we didn't do one, let's say, for example, I, I didn't have time, then they would be responsible for doing that at home on the road time. But they all had their medicine balls, so they were okay. They were able to do that. But we, we for the most part, it was always the beginning of practice. All right? So that's your club. High school, you guys all, all have access to weight rooms. If you don't, you do the same thing. And then college and pro. In, in, in our college gym, we lift after practice. So, you know, we practice, you know, let's say we practice, you know, three to four times a week. They're going to have their heavy lift days, so their strength training days will be heavy on a day where we don't, we don't do a lot of jumping. So I know if I know that you know Wednesday is a heavy strength training day, then that Wednesday practice is going to be a, a not, not a lot of jumping, a lighter load. So a lot of ball control stuff, a lot of serving and passing, and not as much jumping. And at, at the national team, it's actually really cool. At the national team, they, I don't know what it's called, but they have this this belt that they wear and it tracks how every time they jump, like how many jumps they have in a practice. It's really, really cool. I, I mean, I, would, I don't know if we have the budget for that on us, but the national team has a budget obviously. And they, and they do this and they track and monitor how many jumps each athlete takes in a practice. And it, it's a really cool baseline to get because you can track and monitor that over the course of a season and know oh, well, we were jumping too much this practice, we need to ease the next practice, or we need to jump more, and, and things like that. It's actually a really cool uh, device. I love it. I had to figure out a way to implement that in my program. I figured, figured out a way to uh, just see how much they're jumping and how I can... Because what I, what I do now is I don't have any devices. I'll just let, I'll let them know, okay, in this drill, we're going to go 15 jumps each. And I keep track of it like that. So I have a certain amount of jump limits per drill. Uh, but it would be really cool to be able to track and monitor it. Um, I know other universities that I've, I've worked with, they, they go, you know, if they go four to five times a week, they're lifting after. And some of them lift on game days. Uh, it all depends on, it all depends on the, the philosophy of your coach. I know some coaches, um, if you didn't play in a game, then you're lifting after the game. You know, like there's a lot of different ways that people will do it, but it's important that they do it. And, and, I, and I get it. So, we talked about the benefits of strength training. We talked about um, when. And now, this is not a, this is not going to be a session on breaking down into the strength training. I'm just I just want to go through how you balance it with practice and with games and things like that because it's really important that you understand that. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is individual versus team. Now, this has been a, a a topic that has come across as well. Like, do you lift as a team or do you lift individually? I'm I'm a, I'm a believer that you lift as a team. Because when we when you do team lifts, a lot of things happen. One, you're getting the lift done. 
So that's whether you're individual or team, you're getting the lift done. Two, you're doing it with someone where they can spot you. Someone can be there and, and help motivate you. Um, you're doing it with a team, which means you can also bond and get a chance to d- d- dive deeper with the guys off the court in the weight room. And a lot of a lot of great memories and great things happen in the weight room. You can, and not only again, just do things happen, but the motivational factor, the fact that you're doing it all as a team, it's just an added benefit to making sure that we stay as close as possible, uh, both on the court and off the court. So I do believe there's merit in strength training as a team. Uh, versus individually and that's why again you're, you're talking about practice we're definitely doing it in either before practice or after practice or like in the first 20 minutes of practice like I mentioned okay so that's that's kind of like that's what that's what, what my belief is at least okay let's talk a little structure now so I mean this this is going to differ from program to program to be quite honest we'll do in season I will have two strength two leg days so two um I call them vertical jump days. They're not, I don't call them leg days. We have two vertical jump lifts and then we have two upper body lifts. And the upper body lifts, one could be strictly uh, strength training upper body, one could be mobility. So, and, and, we, and we, we, skate, we scatter them over the place depending on the practice schedule and game schedule. So a typical strength training lift is gonna be, one's gonna be plyometric focused and one's gonna be strength training focused. So the plyometric focused one is gonna be a lot of box jumps, you know, seated box jumps, max jumps, squat jumps, jumping exercises. And then we'll only do one strength training exercise, like a, like, like a regular barbell squat. We'll do one, maybe two, but more than likely just one. And then the rest is plyometrics. And then the the other vertical jump day, that will be more strength focused and not plyometric focused. Now we still do the plyometric exercises, but less of them. So a strength training day will be like, you know, you might do your squats, your deadlifts, your cleans, your leg press, you know, any type of strength training that's 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 building the muscle. And then you might only do one or maybe two plyometric exercises. So that's um, that's some of the things you got to think about as well. Okay, so that's how we do our vertical jump days. And then our upper body days is, I mean, you could Google a million different workouts on upper body. As long as you're focusing on, you know, some shoulder, core, triceps, the, the things that that add to a volleyball body. You got to remember, like, volleyball players are different than than Olympic lifters and football players and things like that. We don't want our upper body to be jacked. You know, we want our upper body to be lean and strong, right? We, we're, because of the amount of core rotation that occurs in a game for volleyball players, we don't want our, our guys to be, or girls rather, any of it, doesn't matter, to be have a lot of uh, mass, muscle mass on top, because what that does, and I, you see it all the time. Like when I have guys that graduate our program and come back after, and they, they still lift, they can't they can't take the amount of jumping that our volleyball volleyball does because their knees start hurting because they're, they have such a big upper body. All that jumping puts so much weight on their knees, and then they get knee problems. So it's 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 unfortunate, but volleyball players are different beasts. You can't have a football body and play volleyball at a varsity level. It's unfortunate. It, it looks nice to have that, you know, that if you're a guy, you want, everyone's that, you know, that big upper body, but you can't, volleyball players aren't like that. That's just the way it works. Okay. So that's, that's a, a little bit of a breakdown of how you can separate the sessions, you know, two vertical jump days, one strength focus, one plyo focus, and then you can have two upper body days. Uh, and those upper body days could be like a, a chest and tricep day. That's one or a back and a back and bicep day. That could be another one, like so, things like that. Um, and that, and that the, the way that it looks is going to be different for every team. 
Um, now, I, I do encourage you to track and monitor uh, your players and their strength training. You know, it's really important that, you know, I'm all about metrics. I'm all about making sure that we are tracking and monitoring so we can develop faster. And we use the same philosophy with strength training. You know, we use an app called Team Builder and Team Builder has the workouts in them and then they have to go in and, and, and check if they've finished their workout and, and up, update their Team Builder when they're in there. So it, we, it helps, you know, us monitor and make sure that our players are actually doing their workouts and that holds them accountable. And they also, we also track, you know, their PRs, like their best, um, their, their maximum reps. Their best ability, their, their best bench, their best, you know, uh, vertical jump, squat, whatever, so that we can continue to hopefully increase that that weight as the season continues and as the the athletes get stronger. So you you also want to track and monitor the progress of the strength training and go for plyometrics. The way that we we do that metric is how high they can do a seated box jump. Hopefully they can go higher and higher and higher as they get you know, more and more into the program and jump higher and things like that. So you always want to figure out a way to metric, and, like, sorry, to track and monitor it so that that data you can use to, you know, if, if they, you, you can see if an athlete's not improving, well, then maybe you can you can target it right away, okay? And then the, the last thing that I'll talk about, I mean, I have I don't, I, I have very little notes on this because this is not what the, the point of this episode was, is, is nutrition. Now, nutrition is one of those things where, it, it's it has the like the lowest conversion rate. You know, you might talk you you can talk about nutrition with your athletes all day long, and you might have like one player take it seriously, maybe two. Um, and even even at the college level, even at the pro level, you have some athletes that will take it seriously and some athletes that won't. So it's a very very hard thing to sell, but you still got to do it. And we found that um, we found that having them have be held accountable has helped a little bit with nutrition. So some of the things that we've done is. Uh, we, we use this app called My Fitness Pal. So My Fitness Pal is an app where you can track what you eat. Like you 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 put you put in in the app every time you eat something, you put what it is, and it's really cool. My Fitness Pal it, it allows you to scan items too. So if you scan it, it uploads right away, and right away, and you could just put the like the quantity that you had. So for example, if you had I don't know, even if you had like Eggo waffles, okay, well you can scan the Eggo waffles box. It gives you the calories right away, and you just put in how much you had. So that helps. So we've we what we've done is that sometimes at the beginning we'll make our we'll, we'll mandate that our whole team enters their food intake for a week, and then that way we and we check it, and then after that we say okay, so you can see here what you're doing, and then now we, we help we help fix it and show them how to you know eat better and things like that, and we hope that that's enough to get them a Kickstarter to go, uh, but it but it's not something that we check consistently now. Should we? You know, yeah, we can, but we we have we check so many different things that. It's one of those things where it's the onus is on the athlete, and they have to they have to buy in. They have to believe the benefit of it and buy in to make sure that their 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 body is you know. And, and they got to they got to see how much it helps their body. And anyone knows, or if you know nutrition, you know that nutrition can actually help your performance. You know, it's, it's really that simple. So, the the athletes that are serious athletes, they they take that and they run with it. Okay. Let me do a recap. I don't see what I'm looking at my notes here. I, I didn't really have much to say. Just a, just wanted to talk about how we balance it. Uh, this is more of a quicker episode, but let me, let me just recap quickly here before I wrap up my final thoughts. So we talked about the, the benefits of strength training, you know, preventing injury and making your athletes become stronger, faster, jump higher. Okay. That's, that's an obvious. And, and by not doing these things, you're leaving so much on the table. Okay. Uh, we talked about like, do you lift before or after practice? And again, there's no right or wrong answer. Depends on the, your timing. It depends on the resources available to you. 
like I mentioned, when I when I coached club, we didn't have access to a weight room. So I had them all purchase a medicine ball and we did it 20 minutes before our practice. Before our two-hour practice, 20 minutes that was dedicated to strength training. Because we we believe that it, that's an, that is just as important as practice, is strength training. So we took some time. You know, almost 25% of our practice went to strength training. That's the decision we made. We talked about the posterior chain. So understanding how, why the posterior chain is super important and making sure that you are, if you've never heard about the posterior chain, now you're factoring it in. So remember, the posterior chain refers to uh, basically the muscle groups located on the backside of your body, from your upper back all the way down to your calf muscle. Okay, that includes your hamstrings, your, uh, your and your your gluteus maximus and things like that. And the posterior chain controls that backward force. Okay, and it helps stabilize your 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 body, your hips, your spine, keeping your body upright. Okay. So that's what it does. And, and it's important because these muscle groups contain much of your body's f- power, okay? Like it, it, and it's working to help propel your body while staying balanced and having good posture, which is jumping essentially, okay? And ironically enough, the posterior chain has half of your athlete's muscle mass. So strengthening these muscle groups is super important for vertical jump training, agility, you know, you're just better lower body strength altogether. Not to mention it st- helps stabilize your spine, your hips, and your knees, which you know we just talked about, are important in volleyball. Well, we didn't talk about the spine, but the hips and knees are important in volleyball. So that's why we have to be training the posterior chain. And, and if you don't, you're more susceptible to injuries, especially when you're playing volleyball, because these are really intense movements that happen in our game. Okay. Uh, we talked about vertical jump training. Uh, I mentioned, you know, the medicine ball stuff. Uh, yeah, we talked about the medicine ball stuff. Um, I walked you through how we did ours. So two vertical jump days, two upper body days. Uh, vertical jump is separated into a strength training focus and then a plyometric focus. And then upper body will be, you know, either back and biceps or, you know, uh, chest and tri- uh, back and biceps or chest and triceps. We, you know, we, we mix it up and figure it out there. Uh, so just make sure you're, you're you're covering your posterior chain, plyometrics and strength training, shoulder, core, triceps. And again, I'm all about lifting as a team. I think that's important. If you can't, or if somehow individually, you, I mean, like I, we had Dana on a couple of weeks ago and he said they don't lift as a team. They lift individually. Mind you, they're all pros and they hold, they hold each other accountable and everyone's doing their lifts and they, they only have one gym they go to. So chances are that most of the like, you know, guys are in there at the same time anyways, but that's a decision you got to make for yourself. So this is just an episode, again, understanding how to balance strength training with the practice. So I hope that this you were able to get a better idea of how you can balance it. Even when you don't have access to a gym, now you're able to take this and have access to that gym. And if you have access to a gym, great. Before practice or after practice, your call. If you're doing strength training, I like the after practice. Because most, most people, if they were going to strength train before practice, they would do it like in the morning and then have practice in the afternoon. If you're going to strength train like when with like tagging on to practice, I would have practice first and strength train after. But I our women's team strength trains first and has practice after. So, you know, it, it's it's whatever works for you. At the end of the day, it's whatever works for you. All right. And for anyone that's interested, by the way, my vertical jump program is um it's on the website to purchase for ninety seven dollars or DVA members get it free. So if you're a DVA member, go access my vertical jump program. And if you're not, you'd like to be a DVA member, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com. Links in the show notes as well and uh, figure out how to get signed up. Okay. All right. That's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. 
Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.